1: All right, folks. So welcome back to the Cold Strong Power podcast. If you're joining me here today, that means I am interviewing a young and up and coming lifter. So we're not doing it where I'm going to be recording, uh, you know, somebody really famous, somebody who's a veteran in the sport. I'm interested in getting younger lifters uh, information and uh, out there to the world so they can tell their story and maybe we can learn some things. Uh, I learn things all the time from my guys. So, what, what I have here today is a good friend of mine from our gym, uh, one of my trading partners for a long time. His name is Owen Donahue. So, please welcome Owen. Thank you for being here today. Thank you
0: guys for having me. That's yeah, that's
1: absolutely. Fun. Thank you so much. Basically, I'm just going to ask you some questions uh, so we can kind of get to know a little bit more about you and your lifting career. And then uh, we'll just kind of go from there. So, basically, Just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, Uh, obviously, where do you lift, Uh, do you have a coach, things of that nature.
0: So um, I live here up a little bit north of you guys. I live up in Sterling, Virginia, born and raised. Um, I am a student at George Mason University. I'm currently a fifth-year senior studying kinesiology. And I do have hopes of next fall going to grad school, again, taking a master's program in kinesiology with a focus in strength and conditioning, as that is kind of the career path I would like to take is uh, working with athletes and helping them reach their full potential in the field. Um, I do have a a coach, kind of a coach friend, um, one of the guys from the gym, uh, Alan is his name, and we work together. We have the same philosophy where we kind of like to mix some conjugate with some like linear periodization and see how that kind of works and blends. And it seems to work well for me. And um, the home gym, I mean, like you said, our, our home gym is unle- unleashed there in Manassas, Virginia. Yeah. And that's a, a heck of a gym, great environment, great people. So yeah,
2: yeah, that's about awesome. myself. Yeah, I've
0: been there since uh, opening day, day one over two
1: years ago, I've been there ever since. Uh, that's the reason why we're still in the state is because of you guys and the environment we have so definitely family environment there definitely family (laughs) absolutely so how did you get started with this whole crazy sport that is powerlifting
0: so kind of a long story actually um when i was little my dad on saturdays would have on espn in the morning and i could always remember looking back at it now knowing it's brian shaw but they would have the strongman competitions on espn and i would see these people pull airplanes and Lit stones and that you know being strong man, but I was always fascinated with strength. So um, I knew I liked strength from a young age. I always you know loved the Incredible Hulk, um, and then got into football. My senior year or uh, freshman year of high school, uh, played freshman and sophomore year. Going into junior year, I ended up having double hernia surgery, so took some some time away from football and actually spent a little bit of time in the weight room. And I came across this guy at the Gold's gym up here named Sonny, um, still a great friend. And I just remember seeing him squatting six plates like it was nothing at a, at a Gold's gym. And I was like, holy cow, this guy is strong. I want to I wanna get strong like that. And it just reminded me of, you know, the, the strong men in the morning and the Hulk and everything. So I was like, I stuck with him for a couple of years and he really took me underneath his wing and got me started.
1: Yep, that's. I have a similar situation with me being at the YMCA when I was a kid and seeing these big, strong guys uh, who I looked up to um, that looked like the cartoon characters uh, yeah. that I was so drawn to as a child. So that was a uh, sim- similar situation. That's cool. Um, I think you kind of touched bases on this before uh, in the introduction, but what kind
0: of programming do you follow right now? So right now what me and my buddy Alan do is we mostly do block. So we'll, we we'll run a four week wave, take a deload, run a four week wave, take a deload. But, um, we do like to implement like some kind of like conjugate in there in a way, um, where we like to have, I train four days a week. And I like to have one heavier day, upper one lighter day, upper, one heavier, lower, and one lighter, lower. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know we utilize a lot of different things in the past kind of like bands and you know box squats using um more sets uh more sets less reps stuff stuff like that that's kind of like traditional conjugate um so very, that, that kind very of
1: west, seems, west side oriented type
0: yes very very west side oriented type but we kind of make it work for raw so yeah i, I mean that's
1: I've heard that uh, for a long time that people were saying West Side doesn't work for raw, and they started putting out these huge, strong raw guys. So clearly, uh, it definitely can work. And you said oh, you right. kind of yeah. modified it to fit uh, what you're doing. Uh, so that's what I was going to ask if you ever do uh, handle things. I've not seen it personally, but do you rely heavily on, say, like the accommodating resistance,
0: like bands and chains? Um, I have in the past obviously um we only have access to bands and that is one thing that has really helped my deadlift um i'm really strong and fast off of the floor but usually at the knees that's where i really struggle to lock out so me and alan like to say okay let's you know do um a couple weeks of of bands and just use about like 10 to 15 percent of band tension to really help the lockout at the top so that's awesome to
1: hear. I like hearing the different methods because I am not a band or chain type of guy. Uh, right. very not, not against, but I'm very the opposite of what conjugate is. So it's cool to yeah. see, uh, different things working for other people.
2: And it's cool to hear like your mentality and like your reasoning and stuff. you do. Because, I mean, we see you putting in all the work, you know, and like your long workouts and, um, but we never, like, no, we don't stop in the middle of the
0: gym and be like, what exactly are you doing, oh, and How are you training? You know, right. So yeah, like, I know, 100%. I think, everything? right, exactly. I think, um, you know, if you take pieces of certain systems and you, and you put it into your own system that works best for you, then do that, right? I, I'm not a big believer of, like, okay, um, you know, early on, I was a massive, like, live and die by the sword of West Side right? I, that's, those are the first real power lifters I started watching. Um, but then I, I I didn't see a ton of results just being solely West Side. So then I went to, you know, more like traditional block and linear. And then I was like, well, I see results, but I still like this over here. And then, like I said, I mixed it and it just seemed to work really well for me. That's, that's, great. that's, that's, awesome. that's yeah. great because whatever works for you as an individual is what you need to do. I
1: I did something similar trying to emulate and follow what Kennelly did or how uh, Gene Richlack trained and Mm -hmm. what worked for them isn't going to work necessarily for me so I found my own thing and I'm doing it ever since and I love it so that's that's great to hear what what are your current goals like let's say short term uh, and what are your big your lifetime type of goals so
2: I know like one of the questions
0: from social media was like your 2022 goals. Um, so you can just like answer that one now instead of at the end. Okay. So short-term goals, um, um definitely have some ideas for numbers on deadlift. I would really like to hit a 650 deadlift uh, oh, yeah. currently at 635. Would love to hit a 365 bench and then a 500 squat. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now, but, over you know the course of years and consistent training, I would really love to hit like a six six fifty squat. Um, anything over four on bench would be awesome because um, you know I got the super long giraffe arms. Oh sure. <laughs> uh, and then um, I would really love to hit eight hundred on the deadlift. I right. feel like that's something I can achieve. The deadlift has always been nice to me, especially switching from conventional to sumo. It is. It has been treating me very well. <laughs> well, that makes so. one of us.
1: And, and I feel like
0: you're like built to deadlift.
1: Well, watching you deadlift is, it, like I told you the other day, it makes me want to deadlift <laughs> because of how graceful you make it look. That perfect. And, same that, with squatting. and a well-executed deadlift is just so pretty to watch, but I just know I can't fucking do it. <laughs> it's just not something it's-
0: I can It's so much fun. I love it. I know I was talking to a few people in the group and they were like, oh, I hate it. I hate it. I was like, well, I guess I'm the one of the group, like the only ones in the group that loves it. When you're
1: when you're built to do it and clearly that's your best lift right now. um, It it seems like that's probably going to be the case the way you're built Um, when you when you love it and you're built for it. Just like I'm built to bench. I mean, it's just how it goes. There's not a lot of people that love the deadlift, but when you do love it, hey, I, I respect that
2: and that 800 might only be the beginning you know like when Jim first started he was like his lifetime goal was an 800 pound bench and
1: I mean obviously like you're one of the guys that hand off 1100 every weekend so there's no right okay right so with that in mind are you interested in getting into equipment down the road
0: um at first I wasn't but now that like you know I've really gotten to know a lot of you at the gym especially in the equip- equipment scene yeah that is definitely something i would love to do like i know i've just thrown on the the, the supercharged ram you have and like mm-hmm. that thing is terrifying <laughs> but it's so much fun right and then wow. brian let me borrow his um his Inzer suit and i did squats with them one night on you know just doing box squats with the Cambridge bar and i i think i worked up to like five forty. Yeah. and i mean that that was a lot of fun right? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. so I, I, you know, I'm open to trying different things like, as far as like when it comes to the sport, you know, Whether yeah, no, single it's fly me. or multi
1: do, do as much as you can and learn as much as you can. I think that's, you, you would be at home doing it. Um, not trying to sway you from the other goals at all, <laughs> uh, but it, it is, it's, I think it, you definitely be at home doing it. Um, so I'll move on to the next question. Um, what do you think is the most important thing, uh, most important thing, that you've learned so far in your career? What has had the most
0: impact? Um, definitely patience and treating the gym like a—it's kind of cliche, but treating the gym like a microcosm of life—that's the kind of the way I look at it. So, like patience, um, hitting on that one first there's a lot of especially young lifters that I see, and I know I'm very guilty of it as well um, is like, they just want to add plates to the bar, right? They see all the greats, they see old videos of Ed Cohn, they see you know him squatting a thousand or even Dan green or, you know, any of those phenomenal lifters. And they see, wow, you know, that guy's hit seven, 800 pounds. And it's like, okay, I got to do that right now. And, but it's like, okay, they they've had skin in the game for, for years and years and years and they've developed their craft over a very long time. So just having, again, patience and knowing that, Hey, if I actually want these goals, I need to be very consistent over years to hit them. Correct. So, and then treating the gym, uh, like a microcosm of life. Um, that's definitely like one thing I quickly learned is like, you're not going to have perfect days in the gym, you know, a 45 pound bar is a 45 pound bar, but some days empty, it may feel like 800 pounds. And some days with 400 pounds on the bar, it may feel light as a feather. Yep. So you need to look at that and and take that outside of the gym as well, right? Like, Hey, you know, when you have a thousand pounds on your bench press and that thing is ready to crush you, but you lift that thing, you need to do the same thing in life. Like you need to lift your challenges, whether I know this is towards younger lifters, like, Hey, focusing on your schoolwork, right? Making sure that's done, making sure you're, you're set with your grades or whether it's challenges at home or whether it's challenges mentally, like you need to attack those challenges, the way you attack the weights in the gym, you need to attack them with energy and not like run from them, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
1: I I think if you maintain that mentality, that is what's going to, Take you the furthest yeah that was an amazing answer yeah and i've 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 said it before with a lot of my training partners when they come in and they have a certain goal and like you just said the empty bar can feel like 800 pounds or some days it might feel like nothing um but if they they come in and again it has a lot to do with say the younger crowd but they come in and they want to do a certain thing and they can't achieve it i'm like okay you're not at your best today scrap that idea accomplish something else you know i i drive 45 minutes depending on traffic to get to the gym one way I'm, i'm going to accomplish something right if it's not the intended goal of the day fine i'm not at my best i will try something else and i will get something out of every single time i'm in the gym so i really enjoyed that answer that was that was amazing good on you man um this is uh, pretty easy one, or should, uh, I don't think it should be easy. But who, who are those that you look up to in the sport of powerlifting?
0: Um, I think me and you both talk about him a lot, right? Um, we definitely talk about Dave. Dave, Dave, Tate, Dave. that being, yep. um, that man is awesome, right? I know. I look back at the, some of those train your ass off videos, and we we met a couple this uh, past weekend who actually did that. Um, <laughs> But you know, I go back and look at those videos, and I, I watch them, see what he's cueing, why he's cueing it, different cues for the same thing, and how to use those. Maybe it's not connecting for someone. Um, sometimes he can get very thorough. Sometimes he can get very vague. Um, another person I look up to is actually Brandon Lilly. I know he hasn't really been in the sport for very long, right? Or um, he hasn't been in the sport for a while, and you know, he lost all that weight, and he's with Sornex now. But uh-huh. um, I. I look up to him a lot. I think his mindset and attitude was awesome when he was in the game. And then obviously, you know, I, I look up to you. Um, I remember coming into the gym and Joe, you know, the owner being telling me, Oh, you know, that that's Jimmy Cole. He he owns a few records. If you have any bench questions, ask him. I remember going up to you the first time asking you a question about like lockout. And I was just terrified because you were this absolute monster. And then, you know, a few months down the line, you know, we're, we're good friends. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I'm
1: flattered. Thank you. Um, I try to help anyone and everyone I can of any lifting caliper. Uh, I, I don't think it's fair for me to, I I've been given a lot of opportunity uh, to learn from so many and why would I not pass on what I know? Um, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, so those, that's that, great. Yeah, Dave, Brandon, Lily, and myself, that's pretty awesome. So thank you very much. That's a good answer. Um, adverse to a previous question, one of the most important things you've learned so far, what's the biggest obstacle that you've had to overcome as
0: an individual, in the sport so far? Um, so yeah, the biggest thing, like I said, was the 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 gym is like a microcosm, right? That, that kind of whole thing I talked about. But the biggest um, challenge I've faced in the gym, I've been very blessed where I don't have a lot of injuries. I never have had a lot of injuries. Um, I, like I said, I did have the double hernia surgery, but that doesn't really affect me much. I, I know it does affect me a little bit in my squat, my ability to hold my brace. But the one thing that affected me the most recently was I was having some knee pain and I wasn't able to squat very well or comfortably. There we go. Um, For about eight months, I was doing empty bar and um, that was just like stabbing knee pain to a box, stabbing knee pain. And I eventually figured it out and I am no longer dealing with that. And I'm able to squat again, which I'm very happy about, but that is definitely the most uh, challenging thing was the knee for sure
1: you've come back from that. I mean, obviously I see you a lot and I've seen your squat come up, uh, look at you hitting PRs after all these years and stuff. So, yeah, I'm glad
0: you got some more room to grow.
1: Yeah. I mean, you just, you're just starting out. So, I mean, in 10 years, you know, when you're closer to my age or so, we'll see, we'll see where you're at. That's going to be a fun time. Um, so I'll ask you this question. Uh, your most, your, uh, I know you haven't uh, competed quite yet. You're about to here in coming February uh, at a IPA meet in York, Pennsylvania. But training in the sport, being involved in the sport, your most memorable experience, whether that is good or bad, just the most memorable thing you've done
0: or been a part of? Um, memorable part. Um, as Menor- far as like being, it, being involved with the, um, the crew that we're in um, the most memorable, I would say is every Saturday morning. Honestly, (laughs) I think I I was talking to Joe about this actually a couple of weeks ago, and I saw this video and this guy said, I wish you knew you were in the good old days before they were the good old days. And I thought, I saw that video. and I immediately thought of Saturday mornings Hmm. and I said, you know, when I know a few of us are gonna be potentially moving within the the next few months to a year, and we won't all be together anymore. I'll look back on that when I have my kids and I'll tell my kids about Saturday mornings and how a whole bunch of people from different walks of life came together and had this mini community on Saturday mornings when we benched. I know we, we get together sporadically throughout the week for squats and deadlifts but like saturday mornings is is the day like we all do awesome things whether it's amber brian cam joe dean we all do something kind of crazy on saturday mornings and that is awesome to be a part of
1: and for those listening Um,
0: saturday mornings are the
1: designated heavy bench day for for our crew at Unleashed Strengths. Oh, holy, you got me crying in the corner over here,
0: man. <laughs> um, as far as something bad, I've seen a few things in the, like, just kind of in, um, huh, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. You're good, man. <laughs> I, I, like your good, I like the good
1: answer. Oh. We don't have to track down the rabbit hole of, of a bad experience. So good
0: point. Good point
2: we're living the good
1: old days right now i'll ask 100%. you one more i'll ask you one more question then we'll move on to the, the next section of the interview here uh if you could ask any powerlifter, past or present for advice who would it be and what would you ask them
0: i would have to uh, i know we talked about dave earlier and he's a wealth of knowledge but it would have to be ed cohn okay I would like to talk to Ed Cohn about my squat because that is the worst lift of mine. And I want, I just want to master the squat. That is all I'm focused on right now. Gotcha. So I would love to spend like an hour or two with him and just pick his brain of how he does things, why he does things, what worked, what didn't work and stuff like that. Because I think, you know, walking out a thousand pounds and squatting it is uh, quite impressive. You don't see too many people walk out 1000 pounds anymore. That is that's correct. Clearly. He was
1: very adamant about doing things what he calls the right way or what he sees as the right way. Right. Um, but I think I think that opportunity might present itself here in the near future for you, so uh, we'll we'll see what I like <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Maybe I do. maybe I don't yet, <laughs> but we'll see. So that's awesome. Ed Cohen, absolutely yeah. one of the original goats. Of the sport, absolutely, probably will forever be considered as one as, as, as well. Right. So, um, we introduced you. Uh, we, t- we asked some questions of you. I want to open the floor to you. Uh, I know we see each other a lot, so you don't have to ask three, but I'll let you up to three questions you want to ask me on this podcast. Uh, if it's just one question or if it's two or three, but you go ahead and ask me anything you want, I don't care if it's life related, power thing related, you just ask away.
0: So like you're saying, I know we talk a lot, but I have never asked you this. You being in uncharted water, as far as holding the record that you do and wanting more, right? Your slogan is never enough. So I I know you want more. How do you, what is the hardest part for you when it comes to training, is it handling the weight, trying to maintain the weight you're at? And how do you stay in a non-fatigued state? Because you know, like I said, I see you in the gym all the time. And you know, you have your big Saturday, and then you also have a still it's a it's a big Wednesday, but it's not shirted. It's it's mostly raw stuff. Sure. Handling those weights, how do you constantly try to stay fresh? Because recovery, as we know, is the number one thing to progress.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, that's really, that's a fantastic question. Um, it's hard. I'm not saying it isn't. As far as the, the there's two parts to that. There's the, the CNS or the kind of the, I'll call it the brain side. And then we've got the, the actual physical body. So I can't explain the CNS recovery. That's something that you met Fabi, my buddy from Ohio, there uh, a couple months ago at York. Um, Fabi also was dumbfounded by the 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 rate at which my CNS can recover week to week. Uh, When you all saw me convulse off the bench and vomit uh, after my 1100 for five reps a couple Saturdays ago, um, I mean I screwed my CNS really hard and the very next day I was raring to go again I could have benched mm-hmm. the next day um so a whole week there's more than enough time for me to recover from pretty much anything as far as the CNS goes it's, the, always been that way. I mean, it's that's been how I'm able to just bench heavy every single Saturday and just keep progressing I don't know I can't explain that part besides maybe it has something to do with genetics that's kind of what I'm I guess my angle is but the physical body—that's hard because I'm still a natural athlete. I can't recover from things as fast as somebody who would or is not natural. Um, tons of calories, tons of sleep. We call them CPAP naps. I take those quite often, uh, whenever I want, whenever I feel the need to. Yeah, I think
2: mean, he's lucky enough to like have the lifestyle that we have now, um, where, where we both work independently. And he can set his own schedule
1: and nap and be like, Hey, my body is really wrecked from Saturday. I need extra sleep this week. And uh, just really being in tune with my body and knowing I'm still screwed up. Hey, I'm still really fun. You know, just it's, it's 17 years consecutively of lifting plus 13 pushing 14 years of actually being active and competing on the, on the competitive side of the sport. So I'm really in tune with my body And I know when things aren't right, or I need more of this, or I need more of that. It's just really being in tune. I think your chiropractic
2: care has really helped in the last couple of months.
1: Well, the last, I've only had a chiropractic care in the last couple of months from Jericho at Alive by Design down in Fredericksburg. Um, Mm -hmm. And he the first day I went in there, he said, well, both of your ulnas are out of place, both forearms. Uh, You got one scapula out of place, both shoulders are messed up, and you've got three ribs out. And I was like, uh, uh, you repeat that in English the time, please. So I and I didn't know that I I, I was completely unaware. Obviously, I don't know how long I had been that way, but it, it was it was a fact of the matter. Um, so I I like I said, it's just knowing exactly what I need and just making sure that I get it uh, week to week as far as the physical aspect goes. And um, I think that's it. I mean, there's nothing really proprietary about what I do. That's just eat, sleep, and live the sport, man. And like she said, I'm in a, in a position right now where we don't work traditionally. We still work from home with our, our business, but I don't have to go to a job from nine to five or seven to three or being in the military like I was for the previous four years and being a slave to that. So that has <laughs> severe. That has uh, made a huge impact um, as of as of late. So That's the easiest way I can answer
0: that. Do you you have another question or do you want to move on? So I have two more questions.
1: Awesome. Let's go. So
0: outside of powerlifting, when you decide to say, you know what, I'm going to hang it up and I'm done with powerlifting. Do you know what you want to do as far as like, do you still want to stay in the sport and go around and help people? Do you want to say, Hey, I want to make a YouTube channel. And this is how I reach this community. Or would you like to work with a company and bring more light to powerlifting?
1: I definitely, I know that once I, once I am done competing, it's pretty much going to be a physical limitation uh, situation. I I will compete until I am physically incapable of competing, whether that be from old age. I've not had an injury yet. I mean, I've had really minor things happen here and there. So if something really big happens, something physical is going to have to keep me from competing. Like I said, whether that be age, injury, or death, or a combination of one of those three things. When that day comes, I would like to just be still as actively involved in the sport as I possibly can by physically being with a group of people and passing on as much knowledge as I can to them to make them as successful as possible. I love seeing people respond and grow from information that I have. I don't know everything and I will never know everything. The day you stop learning, I think you're pretty fucked up. So I will learn to the day I die, but I wanna be able to pass on things to other people. And I love seeing people uh, get better and uh, things that work, that's awesome. So uh, I, I hate technology. I, I don't like computers and social media. So I'm not big on the online stuff, but a very, very Louis Simmons type lifestyle where he just basically lives the lifestyle in the gym with his guys at all times. Okay. Uh, that's
2: teaching,
1: that? teaching what a bench powerlifting. I've done all three. I know how to do all that's three, cool. but uh, yeah, we, we have this idea of doing like, the cold like bench barn or bench academy or something where it's a gym we want to have our own gym someday but specifically because that's what i'm known for is bench press uh being able to teach uh the proper way to bench and to be the best you possibly can on the bench press
0: that would be freaking
1: awesome someday (laughs) it's gonna be a time but it will be someday
0: well when you guys you know, do that and open it, make sure you send me a text message because I will be visiting.
1: Oh, we, got your number.
0: <laughs> we got your number. Don't worry about it.
1: What else you got for me?
0: So the third question, and now this is kind of like directed towards what you're eating because I know in the younger generation with lifters, they're always saying, I can't gain weight. I can't gain weight. Do you know how many calories a day do you eat? And if you don't, what do you eat throughout the day to help you maintain the body weight you're at? The only thing I can tell you for certain, uh, since
1: I've added weight gainer into my diet for about the last six or seven weeks, I know for a fact that I'm taking in 2,025 calories worth of weight gainer per day. Uh, That's nine scoops. So that's three scoops, uh, three times a day, nine scoops total. So I know for a fact I'm getting in excess of 2,000. I've never, ever, ever tracked my eating. I've tried, and I, I just can't do it. Um, so I would assume with what I eat throughout the day, which is very basic, I mean, just depends. Uh, uh, pasta, lunchable. lunchable. This, I, I eat like shit, to be honest. <laughs> it's not even like I eat like a 90s kid. Um, I eat a lot of fast food, drive-thrus, Arby's, Chick-fil-A, Burger King, you name it. I don't eat that well, but am I... My main concern is getting in the protein and calories. My basic rule is every two hours I'm taking something in. So whether that's a meal, food, whether that's a weight gain shake, like I said, I take three of those a day at three scoops each, um, every two hours, something's going into my stomach. Something is going to fill that void. Uh, so I'm not in a calorie deficit. I probably still am. Um, but I've never tracked it. So it's, it's very difficult for me to answer that besides the weight gain, because I can actually track that by
0: scoop. Right. But every so two hours, something's going down the gauntlet. You said it's 2,200 in, in weight gainer.
1: 2025. Cause six, okay. scoops, six scoops, which is the normal recommended amount is 1350. This is just with straight water, not with milk, with milk. It's higher. 1350 with six scoops. I add three more to make nine, which rounds out, I
0: think, to 2025. So then the question becomes how many calories a day do you consume in Hawaiian rolls? That's a <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, very hundreds and hundreds of calories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because uh, that was my original source of carbs and calories. Uh, But since getting on this weight gainer, I've not had to rely as heavy
0: on the the rolls
1: (laughs) in a calorie deficit when that was my main source, because it's just, you can only eat so much damn bread, but I can chug a shake, no problem, but it is so nutrient dense and heavy. When I chug it down, I actually have to sit there and let it calm down because if I drink it, start moving around, I'll start getting sick.
0: Yeah. I know what that's like i remember drinking those when i was younger yeah.
1: yes that is so that's that's my life right now i love it though Something else about, i think that it's easier for him to
2: gain weight now because he is older like when we first got married we're what 21 22 mm-hmm. he was lifting and still like mass gainers and like up your mass all the time and he just couldn't gain weight you know in his early 20s he just do it. You'd never get above that
1: 242 weight class no matter how hard tried I tell the story that when I was that age I was so dead now I was working at a brick plant though that's the other part of that story is I was throwing brick as a pieceworker uh so manually physically he was out a lot of yeah I was burning right. I think I wore her uh a little bracelet thing called oh, I wore a fitbit to work one day just to curiously see how many calories I would approximately burned during a normal work day and i think i burned between six and seven thousand calories one day holy cow within an eight hour work day so that job was absolute dog shit there's no way he could like eat
2: that much to replace that plus then he would come home nap for an hour and then go to the gym
1: for four hours but i right i I would wake up at two in the morning and i would do two things i would drink a pre-mixed weight gain shake of around six or seven hundred calories and then I would take a sicker's bar and put it between two slices of bread with peanut butter, eat that, drink that, go back to sleep. And I still didn't gain weight. Yeah. But nowadays the lifestyle is different about doing a job that's physically killing me. I'm not a slave to the Marine Corps.
0: I'm just lifting weights. He's just dating. Yep. I remember um, earlier in the winter, I was talking to Amber and Kyle and me being about six foot tall. Kyle was like, yeah, Um, once you fill out your frame at 275 and I was like, Kyle, I'm only like 200 right now. That's another 75 pounds to go. Uh, Hell yeah. (laughs) You got room. You got some room to grow, man. You got those longer
1: limbs than I do. So when you you fill out those, those long, you talking about those long femurs and stuff from today, um, you're going to be fucking massive. My friend, I promise you that.
0: So when I go ahead, go ahead.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, that was three questions. I appreciate those. Good questions by the way um so i've got a few questions here that people asked of you for my social media that we're just going to run through uh i just want to see what people had uh, asked ask you real quick so uh this one yeah okay first question uh from a collins 28 he asked you uh when are you going to compete and are you doing
0: it raw or equipped so uh the February meet in New York, like we said earlier, that will be my first meet ever. Um, and I'll be doing it with friends, which is something I've always wanted to do is I don't want to go into a meet Hell solo. Yes. I would love to do it with friends and have a good time, not put too much stress on myself. Um, and I would be doing it raw with wraps. Fantastic. So there it's you gonna
2: go. We're going to have a good
0: time. Yeah,
1: that's it's gonna uh, be awesome. And to York, you're familiar with that. You, you were there with, with us that back in June It's going to be the exact same venue. Uh, two-day meet, the ipa meets at york are always two-day meets so yeah you're gonna have a lot of friends there with you to get you through it it's gonna be a fantastic pr kind of day um a collins asked again how do you think equipped knowledge translates when
0: you eventually get into coaching so equipped knowledge um i don't think that using actual equipment like a squat suit or a bench shirt will help an athlete. But I think the way equipped lifters lift, i.e. conjugate, I think that is um, a great way for athletes to lift, you know, have two heavy days, one upper one lower two light days, one upper one lower, mm-hmm. and using, um, especially for the lower body using bands and chains to help with the strength curve. I think that's very beneficial. Um, Again,' it's ex- some of it is explosive training, that lighter second day. You know you're doing your um, 9, 12 or even 15 sets of doubles or triples on box squats with that accommodating resistance, helping with force production. I think I think that's a phenomenal way to um, build the lower half for Absolutely. one endurance because you're on that you know 30 to 60 second clock. Um, help build leg endurance. Um, and then like I said, using the bands and chains to really help with your power output and it rolls with the strength curve. So I, I think using the conjugate idea for athletes is very beneficial compared to something maybe like um, block or linear. There you go. Or doing okay. SBD
1: for five days a week, like some some people that I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway,
1: I'm just being an asshole. Uh, and you're, you're going to school for how you, kinesiology, is that how you say it?
0: Yes, kinesiology, the study of movement.
1: Fantastic. I, tr- I was. I tried to pursue that when I went to college. Went for two years. Uh, couldn't get through my basics, and I had dropped out. But that's an awesome route you're going. That interested me heavily. Um, I just wish I was a little more math savvy uh, to make it through. But that that's a, it's in the past. So awesome. That's a good answer. So uh, next question: biggest mistake or mistakes that you've done so far? Uh, if you could do your journey
0: different, what would you do or what would be similar? Um, definitely learning from other people. Um, like we were, you said earlier, like you must learn at all times, right? There is maybe some kid that does not look like he lifts, but he may have a cue or an idea and it just works for that person. So I think you need to learn. And the thing that I messed up on the most is when I first started powerlifting, like I said, I lived and died by west side and I was a raw lifter and my friends were trying to tell me hey like try some more maybe traditional um linear uh periodization more free squats um more um what's the word I'm looking for here more volume um things of that nature to build me a better base for my strength. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I got to do my max effort work and then I'll, I'll get all the volume through my dynamic effort method. Right. Yep. I did not gain a single pound for that year that I was like super hardcore, you know, West side stuff like that. Um, I got strong a little bit, but not a ton. Um, but like I said earlier, once, once I really started to blend the two, that's when things really started to work. Adding more volume, Perfect. still using variations and waves of different specialty bars to keep, you know, the the body guessing of okay, this is a di- different stimulus. Yep, uh, got to adjust to that and kind of blending them. Like I said, it, that has been treating me very well over the past couple of years. That's great. I
2: think that's such a cool answer because that's kind of why we wanted
0: to interview
2: like younger athletes, like teenage and junior division athletes, on our podcast because everybody else wants to interview the greats the big ones the ones who've made it the ones that have been lifting for like forever and they obviously know what they're doing but then you have the new wave that might have different cues and different ways of doing stuff that the old guys don't know about yet um, right so being able to interview like younger athletes and getting their perspectives and things that are working for them i mean it could just open so many more doors
1: and For those of you listening, like Owen's kind of hinting at, don't be afraid to put on some muscle. Uh, It's only going to help you. It's not going to hurt you. Uh, Eat a cheeseburger once in a while. Gain some muscle, Christ's
0: sake. Join (laughs) the belly out gang when we back.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Next question is from somebody that we both know. Um, This actually comes from Amber. Uh, What were your go-to internet resources? Uh, for lifting, when you first started.
0: Um, so when I first started, it, it wasn't really a resource, but I remember my dad showing me um, the original CT Fletcher and Kevin. What was his name? Kevin the Hulk Washington. I think that's his name. Kevin Washington. And I remember seeing those videos, and that was like my form of knowledge. Like I got to do a million sets of triceps. I got to do you know these crazy long pauses on bench and. Do you know arms every day? But then, like as I matured, I started to find different resources like Elite FTS, where they do have, you know, programs, the lifting vault, they have programs. Um, and there's a few people on Instagram that I follow that are PT specialists, and you know, they have degrees in PT. And I use some of their stuff as well because um, you know, that that may be good for warm-up. And like I said, I was dealing with knee pain and I use some of their stuff and my knee pain is no longer existent. I've had elbow pain. I use some of their stuff and it's no longer existent. So like, it's kind of been through social media and then definitely the classroom with, you know, my classes. I do take some classes that are really cool where it's like strength and conditioning. Not a lot, but I have learned most of my stuff through um, friends, articles from like Elite FTS. um, what are some other ones i early on i used bodybuilding.com and um and there's another guy on youtube who's phenomenal i think a lot of people especially young lifters should look and he does not get enough credit his last name is bromley i cannot remember his first name but Mm -hmm. he's only got like twenty thousand subs and he's got some amazing content like really really good content of okay, this is the difference between linear and block and conjugate. And this is why this one is weak. And this is why this one is strong. And it shows you compares and contrast. And he goes into them and they're like lecture videos. They're 30, 40 minutes long, but I'm, I got my notebook out and I'm taking notes. Do you you know? Thing? Um, I don't, I can send it to you guys after the podcast. I'll, I'll send you, know, you a, a yeah. link to the video. But he's yeah. got some really, really good stuff. We're actually trying to look him up right now. Now that you mention
1: it, we're going to go ahead and use that resource. Alexander as well. Yes, 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 yes. Cool.
2: Okay, cool. We're going yeah. to subscribe.
1: Yeah. To him right we just down. got that. So you got another sub. That too. That's uh, awesome. His are real cool. right. So thank you for pointing that resource out because I've never heard of the guy, but uh, we wanted to look that up and we already subscribed mm-hmm. to it. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. It's sweet. All right. uh, I want gonna do one more uh, question right here. Should give us a total of five. Uh, what was something uh, that you know now about lifting that you wished you knew when you first started out?
0: Um, kind of a joke, your arms are like ornaments on a Christmas tree. Don't <laughs> worry about your arms so much, um, but uh, definitely taking your core. Um, more seriously. That's definitely something I've neglected. And especially, um, with the surgery, I've had the double hernia, you know, where they cut you open low into your stomach. Um, that really hindered me. And I never really did rehab for it or anything like that. Um, and I always ignored it and I'm paying for it now. Um, I don't have a strong core and I can see where that affects me in my squat for sure, where I fold over a lot. Um, but I think that's also because of some anatomy issues, you know, longer legs, longer femur and, uh, tid fib, but, yeah. um, I think, I think paying attention to your core and not by core, just meaning your abs, like you need to, yes, hit your abs, but you need to hit, you know, low or underneath muscles, like your transverse abdominis, your, uh, internal and external obliques by doing suitcase carries the low back by, you know, doing the reverse hypers or again, working um, the um, front part of the core, like I you saw me doing today, like front carries with a kettlebell or a plate, making sure, you know, I breathe, I brace, I have my brace, and then I'm going to take that kettlebell away from my body, and I'm going to go for a walk with it and try to keep that brace. I think what a lot of young lifters get wrong is that, you know, we do a ton of crunches or flutter kicks or leg raises, and all of those are great exercises, but as lifters, we need to breathe and brace and hold that brace. So why aren't we doing more stabilization exercises yeah. like those front carries, planks, doing your ABCs on a um, in a plank position on a BOSU ball or, or stirring the pot, they like to call um, ab rollouts and, and really training that core to be strong, to handle that pressure, especially when it's a squat on your back. So you feel super solid in the bottom. And that's something I wish I took way more seriously because i was like, oh, I'll do abs tomorrow. Oh, I'll do abs tomorrow. And I'd said that for three or four years and I have a weak core. <laughs> so-,
1: so working the whole trunk, as Donnie Thompson likes to call it. Uh, yes. The 360 degree uh, trunk of the of the, of the midsection, not just the front abs that look pretty when you are got no body fat on you like some of these young bucks and uh, working the obliques and the lower back. One solid 360 degree unit. I kind of wish I had done that Myself, when I was a young kid uh, doing full power at the time, that's one thing I thought was the dumbest, most waste of time, stupid thing to do in the gym. And I was extremely, extraordinarily wrong on that aspect. So I sincerely agree with you on that one for sure. Right. Um, that is all the questions we had from social media and then the questions we had for you. Uh, is there anything else you would like to close out?
0: Uh, by saying to the audience before we end this thing um i would just like to say thank you for listening um and i hope you guys kind of like learned something from a young buck <laughs>
2: yeah. um
0: and um you know i just hope i hope the listeners have a good day and continue to stack good days with their training and continue to make progress there you go so everybody that is owen donahue he is just
1: starting out with powerlifting he's going to be on the competitive side um this February in IPA, IPA uh, state championships in February. That's at York Barbell Hall of Fame. That'll be his first meet ever. He's doing raw with wraps, Uh, looking for a big total. I know the numbers he's looking for uh, to put together a decent total for his first meet ever. And that total will give him a baseline to work from uh, for the rest of his career. Uh, Be on the lookout for the name, Owen Donahue on the lifter rankings uh, here in the near future. So we will
2: also Instagram. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Hold on. We have animals. Our cat is like a demon.
2: Um, we'll add Owen's Instagram so you guys can check out um, his page and whatnot. Um, and then if there's teenage and junior lifters listening and you guys want to come on the podcast and share, um, ask Jim some questions, just reach out,
1: let us know. We can do that. Yep. So that's. Like I said, that's Owen Donahue, a good friend of mine, trading partner, a young man with a wealth of knowledge. So thank you again, Owen, for being here. And we'll see you in the gym sometime. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, buddy.